Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion broadcast. I'm Ken Dolan Delvecchio, and I'm here with my friend and colleague and co-author, Nancy Saxton-Lopez. And this is a broadcast that we do once a week on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, and then it's available on YouTube and on a whole bunch of podcast outlets. And it's an opportunity for us to bring some of the learning that we gained through leading pet law support groups for many years to a wider audience. And it is very much drawn from the content also of our book, which is called The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups. And what we generally do is we start off with a topic and then we go from there. We may go into some questions that people have brought to us, and we encourage you to send us your questions and comments because we'd like for this to be as helpful as it possibly can be for those who are viewing and listening. So hello, Nancy, and you can Hi, get us started. Um, I had a little laptop issue tonight, so I'm on an iPad, and I'm going to be talking very loud because I think my mic is not working appropriately on my iPad, so I'm sorry. Um, Tonight, we're going to be talking about um, when or should I get another pet? Um, this is one of the main questions that people have asked us um, through the years at the group. I mean, there are about four or five questions that were always asked, and this is one of those questions. Um, should I get a pet? Um, when should I get another pet? Or how do I know when I'm going, I can get another pet or I should get another pet. So this is, there is a continuum of how people, you know, work with this though. Um, you know, Ken, you real, you know, you were in the group, all, you know, for many years. Some people say they're never going to get another pet. It's too painful. We, we, we hear Some that. Can, well, I was just going to say, we hear that from, many people and very often they get quite a bit of feedback about how others feel that way often at the beginning of their grief and periodically as time goes by. But very often also they come to a different place as they feel a little more at peace. Yes. And, and one of the things also that, that people will share is they'll say, you know, we know that grief is the cost of having loved and that it's very painful. We also know that when you adopt a new pet, it in some ways is an important testament to your pet who is who is lost. Because it it says through your action that you got so much out of that relationship, you love them so much that you want to have a similar connection. You want to invite a similar connection into your into your life as you go forward. That was actually something that was said in in the uh, beginning um, of the, of my experience with doing the group was if you are such in pain um, because of this loss, that indicates how special and important the relationship was. And so at some point, why wouldn't you try to do that again? Right, right. There are those who say, no, never, can't no, do it. They and they mean it. And they mean it. And they either 
they either follow that course and they actually don't ever get another pet, or they do things like they have pets in law or a friend, they go That's visit right. friends, or, pets. Or grand, or they or do, grand dogs and grand cats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, or they volunteer at a shelter, or they, they do something that brings them into proximity. We have a, a comment from uh, Sandy who says, you couldn't have gone live at a more perfect time. Your previous recordings have gotten me through the past four weeks after losing my, losing my cat. Thank you both. Great to have you with us, Sandy, and we're glad that there's some solace and peace that comes from listening yeah, to these sir. conversations. That's, that's our purpose. Um, yeah. So there are some that say that they won't get another pet, and we've seen that. Especially, I feel very sad for those who are very elderly because they would like to have another animal. I'll never forget that the elderly couple that had Copper the cat, um, and they said, no, we're in our 80s. You know, we're, we just don't think it's going to be fair to, mm -hmm. to get another animal. And it, it was so sad for them, you know, because they really wished that they could. Yeah, and you know, I've also seen people, in fact, I have an aunt who is 93, and she recently adopted the 10-year-old Yorkshire Terrier of a dear friend of hers who, who died. And so she adopted that dog with the, with the understanding that she has other loving relatives around her who can take care of the dog when and if she is no longer to, no, no longer able to. And so people make those kinds of, of arrangements at all life stages. And, and one of the things that, when I hear that kind of concern, it's extremely valid and you've got to make the judgment based on your own knowledge of yourself and the relationship networks that you're involved in. But sometimes people don't, get as creative as they might deserve to be when they're making that kind of pronouncement that there's absolutely no way. Because the, the way that I think about it is that any one of us could become disabled and not able to take part yeah, in our usual activities. And, 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 and while that may be much more sort of a looming possibility as we get into our 80s and beyond, we just never know. Life is life is fickle. It comes at us in ways that are completely unpredictable. So hard to know. It's just hard but to know. Also, and this uh, more recently, I think that what your aunt did is what a lot of people are doing that are a little bit older. They want an older dog or an older yeah. cat because yeah. they have a, they have an affinity with them. You know, they're they're yep. connected. They're both yep. older, and it's so nice because a lot of times people will you know, take their elderly dogs and drop them off at shelters, you know, and that's yeah. so sad. So uh, it's kind of important that if you want to do that as a person of age, that you can go and adopt an older an older animal. Yeah. I mean, we, we see the other side of the continuum too, where people rush out and adopt or purchase another pet almost because they they just can't stand it they can't, they can't stand, stand it alone the, the the pain they can't stand the 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 grief and they want something to fill the void and sometimes that 
works out very nicely. And other times it's a, it's really not the right thing to do because getting a new pet can be quite stressful. And sometimes it really punctuates the loss because the new pet is so different. Completely different. And, and so, and that causes more pain and stress for the person. Now, it, uh, it can work, um, but I think that everyone has to realize that you're never going to be able to replace the animal who has died. Um, it's going to be a whole different experience, a whole different animal. I mean, people can can change too. They can get a different animal. If they had a dog, they get a cat or a bird, mm -hmm. or they get a different breed, you know? So, um, but a lot of times people love their breed, you know, or, or they love to do rescues. They will go and, and yeah. rescue instead of getting a particular breed. Yeah. Um, but in any case, you know, it just can't, the new animal cannot replace the one that has died. No. And what about the situation where one member of a couple wants to get another pet and the other one is just absolutely not ready for it. Or maybe there's children in the family and they are really wanting to get a new pet and the parents are just not sure that they're really ready for it, either they or the kids. And what, what have you seen with that? Let's talk about, well, about that. There's a lot of discussion that needs to be done. Yeah. Um, and I, I know that a lot of times mothers especially decide that, hey, mm -hmm. listen, I'm the one that you say you're going to take the kids. You know, the kids say, we're going to take care of the dog. We're going to take care of the dog. We'll walk the dog. We'll take care of the cat. And moms always say, that's not going to happen because you didn't before and I'm going to mm -hmm. have to do it. And I'm not sure that I really want to right now. That's one issue besides the grieving. Everyone grieves differently. And so maybe the kids want another animal right away. And mom and or dad or both are not ready. But I think that there really needs to be some discussions around um, when that will happen. Um and it really needs to be a consensus because, you know, it, otherwise one person or two people are going to be upset depending on how many in the family. Yeah. And, and the consensus means you really do have to talk about it and you have to give other people's feelings the same amount of value that you give your own. Yes. And that's, really crucial at these kinds of times. And it can be a lesson for kids. Everything about having an animal as part of the family provides learning and growth and mature, maturing opportunities for young people. And to have a discussion about when we're all ready, we all feel good about it, then we're going to, to do it. And you may be ready, but your brother or sister may not, or all of that, the way that I look at it, all of these are opportunities for learning about how we live with kindness and positive connection <laughs> with those who are our family members, our partners, our dear friends. And that idea of consensus is sometimes really tricky. Really, really oh, yes. tricky. Uh, but it's, it's important to be considerate and respectful 
you know, sure. everybody. That's another lesson in this, you know, that yes, you may want another dog right away, but you know, this is what's going on for us, which leads into then when do you get another dog or cat or another animal? Um, and there are a lot of questions that come up about that, right? We're talking about timing. So yep. maybe the family, you know, maybe mom's not ready and it may take another few months before mom may be ready. Um, I have a client whose dog died many years ago and she just didn't want another dog, but her husband wanted one and it took about 10 years. And finally mm -hmm. she said, all right, but this is your dog. And it is. And of course she lives with the dog, but she, she, she had a consensus with him after 10 years and after him saying, I really, really want one. And that's a long time. And yeah, it is a long time. And it's also interesting that, that they worked out a deal where it's really his dog. Yeah. It's his take dog. full responsibility and that, that there is not going to be this falling back on her. Mm -hmm. There's not going to be the sense that she's she's really going to give way over time. That's right. And, and she has it. He has taken full responsibility for the dog. Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes it's it sometimes it's that it's that way. And and in fact, you know, in, in my relationship with my husband, I have chickens. And in fact, I have these ten baby chicks right now, which will bring my total to 27 when they're all when they're all adults but they're not they're not his pets right and that's very clear he's not particularly interested in them we have two dogs who are the family the members of the family in a in a very embedded kind of way the chickens are not and i also have a cat who you probably have seen on this yes. on this podcast she her base is in the office my office which is which is a room that's finished within a barn and so she also is my pet she's my companion animal and he visits with her now and then but he doesn't take responsibility for her and that's the deal that we have because that's right. i'm an animal fanatic that's, that's <laughs> I'm an animal that's that's well and he's right. he's like he's not quite that enthused <laughs> But, and but so that's what we, we do work out all kinds of arrangements, right? I mean, we work out all kinds of, but the whole idea is that there's some, there's clarity and there's consistency with what you decide. And so now I'm thinking about, this is going a little afield, but I'm working on planning for getting some llamas. And again, they will be my charge and he'll probably want to visit with them at times and that would be great. And my son and his wife probably will want to hang out with them at, at, at times as well. But so we, you know, we have to figure these things out. But one of the things I have seen is, and, and it really stays with me. I've seen this a couple of times where somebody adopts a pet before they're ready. Yes. And, and then they get distress arising from that. And maybe they feel almost resentful that, I mean, I've heard this described, resentful that their friend who's deceased is no longer here, but this new pet who's kind of a pain because maybe they're not 100% trained to the house and 
and maybe they're just different. Like they don't, they are not as relaxed as the yeah. other pet ones. And, and so there's this, this conflict that arises. And I've even seen a couple cases where the person then relinquishes the new pet, which is really stressful for, for both them and that animal. Yeah, it's interesting. I have another person I'm working with who has a dog. She got another one, but the two dogs didn't get along. Mm -hmm. And so she has still guilt after about a year. She gave the second dog, the new dog, to her sister-in-law. Mm -hmm. And the sister-in-law loves the dog. Dog's great. She's finally, after about a year, <laughs> trying to figure out why couldn't I have kept this dog? You know, what was what happened with this? Now, it wasn't to do with that, but it was due to a loss. You know, mm -hmm. she she lost this relationship with this dog. So um, there's a lot that goes on, you know, through the emotional experience with, with animals. Yeah, and, and really the, the, the thing that I tend to stress, as I assume you do too, is that you can always give it more time. Yeah. You can always give it more time. And that that's the that's like the default, right? Mm -hmm. That's the default. Um, and it's 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 never a bad idea because you're always gonna feel more confident in the decision that you allow to mature. Right. And that's interesting because that goes into the timing. Now, with single people, obviously, they have all, uh, it's on them to when and if they get another animal, um, which somewhat makes it easier to, to some degree, depending yeah. on where they are and if they, they, they maybe got an animal too soon. And obviously, that would be a little sussful. But in a family, so what's going on, right? So you got a puppy or a kitten. Now, now the puppy or the, the dog or the cat has died. And what's going on in the family? I mean, are people, yeah. what's work issues? Are the kids going to college? Um, you know, is, is there a change in, and um, now, now a lot of people are going back to work. Yeah, the pandemic is, is, thank God, winding down. Things are opening. And what I heard recently was that all these people or a lot of people that got dogs or cats during the pandemic now yeah. have to go back to work and yeah, now they're bringing them back. them back to the shelters. They're and giving them so, back, yeah. You know, so it your life changes with an animal, right? So you have to weigh the timing of what, what, what to do or how to do that because yeah. what happens if all of a sudden you're in a new job and you're traveling like 50% of the time? You know, so... You know, there's there's things to think about. You you know, there's, there's always there's always a lot to consider. Huge, it's a huge responsibility, and it's, it's a, a huge responsibility. It's a long, long term responsibility, long term, and it's not something to take lightly. It's not a it's not a a distraction. It's not a a, a project for just now or the next few months. Because it, you know, it's just another living being's life that we're engaging with, and we we have another comment where the, the viewer is saying that she lost her pet after ten years. Uh, pet's name was Demetrius, mm -hmm. and she doesn't know she'll ever be ready 
for a new pet after the loss. And this has been the worst pain she's ever felt in her life. We, boy, this is Sandy. And we have heard that so many times. It's so, it's so common. And yet it's often so unexpected that you feel like, boy, this is, I would never have imagined that it would be this bad. And, and particularly if, and she says, I'm alone and it was just me. So, I mean, you think about the bond. I mean, oh, just I know. How that is. And I mean, we have, we develop such an intuitive, deep connection with our animal family members. And, right. you know, it, when, when you have that kind of relationship with anybody, it's human nature to sort of take it for granted, not in a negative not like you're you're taking them for granted, but this is just kind of the way it is. Right, and you have this it's great, animal. but it feels wonderful, and like yeah, this is this is a big part of your life, and we don't think about we don't think about what all how centered this is yeah. until we lose them, and it's very very common. It's very common, and. And the thing we have to do is just keep walking through, like just walking through the grief and taking care of ourselves. And and Sandy, our hearts go out to you. Yeah, we, I mean, we're we're Demetrius hoping is that, here, uh, but that gaining help. I mean, solace is, just takes um, it takes time. And it's, it's true. I mean, people would come in, and you know, they would kind of whisper, right? And they would say. I'm crazy. And we would say, <laughs> what do you mean? And they would say, I've never grieved. Like I've this never grieved before. like this. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I can't believe this. I didn't grieve for my parent this way. I didn't grieve for my spouse this way. I didn't grieve for my aunts, uncles, grandparents. And of course, because this is the relationship you grieve. It's not how many legs. It's the relationship. And that relationship is key. They get integrated into our lives. Part, part of you, part of us. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're just part of us. Right. And it's like, I mean, like, uh, how much time does our dog or cat spend sitting on us, <laughs> sitting next to us, or nosing us? I know. <laughs> right? just, I mean, it's just, just amazing. Sandy says, "Nailed it, Nancy." <laughs> <laughs> and thanks. Um, so, I mean, the other thing that I think people need to realize is not just the responsibilities of taking care, right? The feeding, the walking, the, the veterinary care, all, all, you know, all of these things. You have all these responsibilities with an animal. Um, so finances can come into play. And, and the suggestion is obviously, you know, you could get pet insurance, um, mm -hmm. or you could need to save some money because, um, you know, it, it's a, it's very difficult. And when I was doing my internship at, at one of the AR vets, a lot of people came in and their animal was older, but still could be treated, but they didn't have the money. Yeah. It'd be very and expensive. So they were connected intensely to this animal and that they had to let the animal go because there just wasn't any way out. So it's really important. And, and, and unfortunately, veterinary you know, fees are high. I mean, they're as high for humans. 
you we, you just don't see that because you have an insurance policy that pays it up front. You go into a veterinarian, an ER, a specialty vet, you have to pay up front. And so people would freak out, right? Oh my God, this is so much money. It's not. It's the same in humans, but the insurance part is different. If you're if you're fortunate enough to have good insurance, if you're fortunate, right? yeah. yeah. If you're so, so unfortunately, so many people in our society don't. Right. Um, so, but I, but I think I, I want to really emphasize what you're saying about the cost and the responsibility. Yeah. That it's a it, it can be expensive, and it can be expensive in terms of time given to care and and also just the needs of the of the animal like buying food yeah and just getting the things they need to have a comfortable a comfortable place and you know maybe it may include things like beds and blankets and all those kinds of things that that we need for an animal to feel really like it's it's got it's what it needs part of the, family. the environment the is, if you're working people use doggy daycares people a lot of people do that these days a lot of people yeah and that yeah. also is it can be expensive you yep. know so and people do it but obviously that's something in consideration you know yeah. when I, well, I wanted to say i mean you've talked about how people come to the vet and they get angry at the vet yeah because of the cost yeah and people deserve to be paid for their work, right? And we have to understand that. And and I will say this, I got, you know, very close to one of the vets that I worked with. And I, you know, I said, people are out there complaining, right? And he said, they don't realize that veterinarians do not make as much as human, but you know, human doctors make. Mm -hmm. And it's the process of all of the work that has to be done you know, with all of the equipment and the equipment, all of the yeah. products and all, all the that, overhead, yeah. that add up. Um, so the overhead, you know, yeah. can be, it can be pretty high. Veterinarians, that, that's a whole other thing that we can talk about at some point because I did a lot of work as a veterinary social worker, you know, mm -hmm. worked with a lot of vets and we can do that. But it's just to keep in mind that wherever you are financially, economically, just to understand that either you can purchase pet insurance and my I mean Ellie's has gone up to $112 a month wow. um, so um, but um, but also you can save some money towards that because it's right. so heartbreaking when yeah. there's no ability to treat you know? now is Ellie's that high because she's sort of a you know high risk well animal? I can only get um, you know, insurance from healthy paws it's a good insurance um, but they've been really good with her, but she's getting mm -hmm. older. So you have to understand yeah. that you you can buy a plan, you can buy a bronze plan, silver plan, gold plan. Okay, but, just just like in the exchanges. Right, right, right. You know, but you know, the older <clears throat> they get, the more it can mm -hmm. go wrong that it 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 can increase, you know. Yeah. So, so the it started out at 80, now it's up at 112. But that's over a few years. So, you know, but so, I'd so we're coming. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I I'd cut you off. Then the last time she had a, a, a surgery, which was recently, was six thousand dollars. Yeah. So you know, and I didn't have to pay that. Wow. And we should just for for those who who don't know, maybe you should just talk 
about Ellie's special needs and her special situation physically. Ellie is, uh, I re-rescued Ellie. She is about 10 years old. Um, we don't know that for sure, but she was born uh, with a birth defect that created her to not be able to use her back legs and she's incontinent. So, you know, she, she has diapers, you know, and she has a cart that she hates and doesn't use, but, you know, so there's, there hasn't been too many issues with her. She's a French bulldog, which a lot of Frenchies do have issues, except for she's had a lot of polyps. Um, and a little mm, bit of digestive yeah, stuff yeah. going on. So the last but so she can't use her rear legs, right? No. She, they don't work, yeah. So we did get insurance. We have insurance for, we've had insurance for all of our dogs. Um, but I, I think if people are interested, we have, we, I can give you more information. We can give you information about insurance issues. Um, but um, it is important to be aware. I mean, when I took Hank, my, my heart dog, and one night he had a uh, he had to have an emergency splenectomy and wow. uh, gallbladder, and it was twelve thousand dollars. So, wow. um, you know, I mean, that's pricey, you know. And so, you have to realize that that kitten and that puppy is wonderful, and they probably don't have a lot of things going on. They need their vaccinations, but they but animals get old. You know, and yep. they and they have things that happen to them, and they get yeah. illnesses, um, and so it's just to keep that in mind, you yep. know, so yep. that you don't have to make that horrible decision that maybe you can't do that treatment because you don't have the funds. Yeah. yeah. So we are we are at the end of our time, and what are your closing thoughts? You know, I think it's you know when you love animals, you love animals like we do. Um, <laughs> And although that you have to be aware that to get another animal, um, you want to be very thoughtful um, and really think through what your life situation is, what your family situation is, um, and to plan out the next animal. There's nothing wrong with getting another animal if you want them. You know, they give us such a joy in our lives and make us healthier. Um, and happier, um, but there is a process in really understanding what is necessary to really have that animal live a long life. Yeah, and 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 I'll just underscore that we want to be really mindful to not act impulsively. Yeah. That we we don't want to be impulsive in in trying to bring another animal into our life because we're hurting so badly. That's not the solution. That's not the solution, and it and it's. Uh, it's a recipe for, for more and not less pain in some instances. So as, as usual, Nancy, it's great talking with you. And, you and I'll look forward to our next conversation next Thursday. Yes, next week. Take care, everyone. Take care. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.